welcome, welcome, welcome back to a new episode of Mercury Speaks Podcast, okay? Fuck a new episode, baby. It's a new season. It's a new season, okay? We're in season two of Mercury Speaks Podcast. If you don't know, now you know this is a multi-dimensional platform, multi-dimensional podcast. We talk all things astrology, numerology, spirituality, real nigga things, okay? Anything in between. We're talking about it, okay? Um, wow. Season two. Wow. Season one. We made it through season one, baby. I can't believe I, I've completed something that I started. <laughs> My gym, my my mutable placements are, are proud of me for that. Okay, season one of Mercury Speaks podcast was amazing, very abundant. Thank you all who tuned in every episode, who shared and streamed my episode, who um, were able to take something and apply it to your own journey from my podcast. I'm grateful. I'm grateful because you're helping me live in my purpose. And it brings me pleasure, okay? Season two, we here, we made it, y'all. We made it, y'all. Welcome to 2022. I hope all of you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are in the highest vibration of love, light, and truth. Be gentle with yourself, baby. It's still hibernation season, okay? It's still winter season. The new year doesn't start until Aries season, Okay, so be patient with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind with yourself. It's only one of you. And I know you're probably trying to do a lot, do the most. It's only one of you, one day at a time. Okay. And this episode one of season two, baby, we're going to be talking about synastry and astrology, aka dating and astrology. But the thing about synastry is synastry goes beyond romantic. You know, you can look at synastry um, within your family members, within your friendships and stuff. But today specifically, we're going to be talking about dating. Actually, no, I'm lying. I want to cover all of synastry now. <laughs> Never mind. Overachiever in me. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about, I was going to just limit it to astrology and dating, but we're going to talk about synastry and astrology because that's what came up. So, that's what it is. Okay. And you can look at synastry. Um, again, you can look at this with family members, within friends, your business connections. Okay, you can look at synastry within your romantic connections, okay? Because the purpose of synastry and astrology is to give you a perspective of how well or not so well you're able to mesh with someone else, okay? Everything is energy, everything is an exchange. Um no matter what vibration it is, okay? So with synastry, my favorite things to do is to look at someone's third house placement, okay? Um, their fifth house placement, their seventh house placement, and their eighth house placement, okay? Um, the reason why... I like to look at these specific houses is because, first of all, we're going to look at the third house in synastry because the third house is communication. Communication is a universal language. Communication is something we all do. 
Um, and you want to look at your third house because you want to see what type of communication style this person has. Does it mesh well with yours? Does it oppose yours? Does it trine yours? Does it sextile? Do you guys, do you guys, this communication style square? You know, this is something that's really important in any relationship or partnership or connection, because like I said, communication is everything. For example, one of you may be the type to want to talk it out and the other person may be the type to want to just shut down and be by themselves. And that could create oppositions and tension and things like that. Right. So that's why it's important to look at the third house in sinistry. You want to know what style of communication does my loved one like to go by? What helps them? mentally and verbally express themselves to the best of their ability. It's also very important to look at uh, the third house for synastry because, um, you know, you want to know how your loved one is feeling. And we don't always communicate how we're feeling to the best of our ability. But when you know their third house placement, you know what they need to be able to open up to be able to want to express themselves rather than bottle it in because you know, okay, they have this specific energy. Like, so for example, if someone has Aquarius in the third house, if your loved one has Aquarius in the third house, this is somebody who definitely needs space in between time. Okay. They need that space and solitude to be able to recharge, to be able to, you know, just be introspective and things, but they also need somebody that's going to be firm, but gentle when it comes to communicating, um, someone that's going to be on top of their head, but in a way that's, you know, loving and, and, and one of a kind, right? Aquarius like shit. That's one of a kind that Aquarius are very, <laughs> don't get me started on Aquarius. <laughs> I'm still trying, trying to figure Aquarius out. Okay. I'm a whole astrologer. Still trying to figure Aquarius out. Cause I don't fucking know. Like it's always, I don't know. It's, it's just, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so that's why you want to look at third house placement, okay? And then for um, the fifth house in Sinistry, the reason why I brought up fifth house in Sinistry is because the fifth house shows what type of fun we like to have, how we like to have fun, how our inner child likes to express themselves, how we like to play, how we like to be in joy, and you know, that's ruled by Leo. Fifth house also shows how we like to connect with people on a heart to heart level. So, for example, um, someone with Libra in the fifth house, there's someone who they want to talk about things. OK, they they want to experience the finer things in life that brings them joy, luxuriating, fine dining, spa, you know, those sorts of things brings them joy and and pleasure though they like to create uh those sort of experiences okay so that's that's why you want to look to the fifth house you know so for example if your loved one has scorpio in the fifth house 
but you have Gemini in the fifth house. There can be a little bit of tension because Scorpio is going to be really serious even when it comes to fun. And their fun is a little more heavy versus Gemini is a little more light. It's a little more at the real. But what I want to remind you guys is that no matter the squares, no matter the oppositions, no matter the tensions, no matter... All of that when it comes to synastry, if you want something to work, it's going to work. If you want a relationship to work, it's going to work. Um, most importantly, if it's meant to work, it's going to work. So do your best to flow and not force. It's nothing wrong with putting effort in, right? Because things in life requires effort. Partnerships, connections and things requires effort. It's nothing wrong with that, making sure that it work. Um, so use your discernment when you, so you can recognize, you know, if it's something that you're forcing or if it's something that just needs a little more attention, you know, but, um, don't let all of this get you caught up and feeling like, oh man, this person's a cancer and I'm a, I'm a Leo. Does this really work? Don't trip about that. Okay. Um, but all these energies and modalities do play a role though at the end of the day. Okay. So seventh house, seventh house rules over our partnerships, our connections, um, the type of relationships that we have and like to sustain. Right. So the seventh house will show you the type of partnerships or relationships or connections and things that this person will typically go for. And that's something to look at because you that way you can see like what draws their attention towards you, what draws their attention towards the connection. And how can they sustain it based on the energy there? So, for example, with someone with Sagittarius in the seventh house, um, this is somebody who values connections that are freeing connections that don't try to limit them or box them. This is someone who values connections that brings them joy and blessings and and. Um, that is very fun and exhilarating, you know, things like that, right? Um, versus someone who has Capricorn in the seventh house. This is somebody who takes their connection seriously, who probably makes money with their friends, uh, who probably is very protective of their friends, things like that, right? Seventh house synastry will show you, is this person going to ghost me? right? Sagittarius, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. <laughs> is this person going to ghost me or is this person going to stick around? Is this person going to need space a lot or is this person going to want to be up under me? Taurus, Cancer. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's nice to look at the seventh house um, in synastry. Okay. Now for the eighth house, last but not least, the reason why I mention the importance of the eighth house in synastry because the eighth house represents how we evolve, how we transform, how we shape shift, not on a surface level, but on a deep level, on a deep level that affects us throughout our lifetime, that affects our generation, that affects our emotional well-being, that affects our bag. Um, and so it's important to look at the eighth house because the eighth house will tell you, like, is this person going to run from their problems or is this person going to step up to the plate and solve their problems? You know, if, if they have air 
or fire in the eighth house. This could be somebody who likes to escape from their problem. Or even if they have mutable placements in the eighth house, especially Neptune. Um, this is somebody who probably likes to escape from their problems, escape from their shit. They don't want to deal with it. They'd rather just escape um, with that in the eighth house. Or so if you have like Scorpio in the eighth house, um, maybe Leo in the eighth house, Aries in the eighth house, Capricorn in the eighth house, um, Virgo in the eighth house. This is somebody who's going to be very proactive about their healing journey and step up to the plate and face the world in the midst of it all. Okay. So for all of you guys who are learning astrology, who are teaching yourself astrology, who are teaching others astrology, um, this is a nice little breakdown on how you can look at synastry. This is what I go by um, in my synastry readings. And um, this is what you can do just by looking at your birth chart. Just and just for yourself too, you know, relationship with ourself is very important. I'm so happy to be back. Season two, baby, we're back. Okay. Also, just I want to I want to touch really quick on dating and, and astrology and synastry. Um, it's really important when it comes to the dating aspect. It's really important to look at the moon sign as well as um the Mars because the moon is going to show you how this person, how my partner likes to express themselves emotionally. Are they going to be somebody who's going to share their emotions with me? Are they going to be somebody who is going to cry easily? Are they going to be somebody who's going to be logical and, and approach their emotions from a logical perspective? You know, that's why you can look at the moon house when it comes to dating and astrology. Um, and also you can look at your Mars placement too. Um, because Mars represents sex, our passion, our drive. Is this person somebody who is full of passion or is this person somebody who lacks passion? They're a little boring, right? Saturn and Mars, Mars and Saturn, Mars and Aquarius, I mean, Mars and Capricorn. Um, they might be a little boring, might be a little dry, <laughs> just just a little bit uh, versus like Mars and Sagittarius or Mars and and uh, Gemini, they they're they're explorative, you know. They're down. They're with the shit. Okay. So I hope this breakdown was really helpful. Um, I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm just so happy to be back. I'm so happy to be recording episodes for the podcast. We're here, season two, episode one. We made it. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for streaming in. If you haven't already, go copy my go copy go cop my first book. Face everything and rise, okay? Um, go support my Twitter by following me, okay? Get my numbers up, y'all. Help, help, help me. This is an energy exchange here, okay? I can't do this without y'all. And y'all can't do this without me because I'm valuable to my community, okay? Book a reading, okay? I am not offering full natal readings for 2022, but I do have recommendations for people, um who you can go to to book a reading with who are great. Okay. Um, thank you for supporting. Peace. See you next episode.